Has joy felt more like a choice than a feeling this season? Well, I'm about to talk all about that. This is Nero Feliciano, and welcome to the All Things Life podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and a cognitive psychotherapist. And I'm really excited to share these conversations and interviews with you that will hopefully help you live a healthier, fuller, and more peaceful life. Okay, people, here we are. It's the 24th, and what a gift it is to be able to speak to you today, the day before Christmas. And some of you are already in done, and some of you are going to be working way into the night. And from what I understand, there are people in both camps. So know if you're up till one, two, three in the morning, as I have been in the past, you're not alone. You're not alone. This is part of choosing joy. If you've been following me lately, you know that's been a big topic in what I've been writing about and speaking about, what I talked about on the Today Show. And I have lots of things to share with you. As I go through the weeks, I just take note of the things that I'm thinking, of things that I'm seeing and experiencing, and also what I feel like God is revealing to me to share with you. And years ago, I said to a good friend of mine, Lucy, I said, you know what? Before I give a message, God makes me live that message. And prior to being on the Today Show this past week, I had a lot of challenges, a lot of things. And some of those things were big things that came my way. And there was one moment where I said, oh, okay, I get it. I'm talking about choosing joy, and now I actually have to do it. And even post-segment, still having to make that choice. It was almost like God was like, Haha, no, you're not done yet. Keep going, like for real. Make this a real thing for you. I have been in this season, like many of you, busy, right? This is a busy season, and especially if you're a working mom, it it is a little bit crazier than normal because most of us usually run on crazy anyway. But joy has certainly felt in many moments more like a choice. And I don't know about you, I have moments of peace, contentment, even joy, and then moments that are absolutely nuts or sad or heavy. And I know for many of us, we've been feeling heavy because there's so much heaviness in the world. And I don't know about you, but even in my own circles, there are people who are going through some very big life struggles. And I am feeling the weight of that for them. I'm feeling the sadness and I'm and I'm feeling just empathy for them. So it's those things make it hard to feel joy. But what I've been talking about is that joy is a choice. And part of it is putting yourselves in places, intentionally doing things that will elicit joy in our lives, make room for joy in our lives. I think sometimes if we feel it as a feeling great, receive it, be grateful for it. But I think more often than not, for most of us, joy is more of a choice. We can experience it, but we have to choose our focus. In years past, and probably before life got even busier, you know, now, and, and you'll know this if you have big kids, that saying, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, is so true. And I always say when you have teenagers, yes, it may be physically less tiring, or maybe not, because we're getting older, and not sleeping if you're in perimenopause. But emotionally, it's it's much heavier. Those stakes are higher. And um, 
where was I going with this? That's that's the brain fog that I get sometimes when I'm speaking in perimenopause. Do any of you experience that? If so, hey, yeah, you're my people. But um, oh, so before in seasons past, oh my gosh, can you tell it's the day before Christmas? In seasons past, I was a very thoughtful gift giver. I love to give gifts, and now I just find I don't have time. So I'm I'm trying to be thoughtful. But with this very distracted, fragmented brain sometimes, not all year round, but um, well, yeah, maybe all year round, but especially now, even more so. So I got together with two friends of mine recently who are also very thoughtful people. They are also incredibly busy and actually... They're the people who pray me through every situation. If the two of you are listening, Karine and Lisa, you know how grateful I am for you and your friends that pray for me, especially anytime I'm speaking. And we never get to see each other. We see each other in passing. And we literally haven't sit down in years, but we text each other all the time. But we had like an hour and a half to actually sit down this past week. And I was thinking, okay, I need to get them a gift. So I was at the mall and I was like, oh, this is a cute gift. I'll get it for them. Now, when I say these two are like the spiritual giants in my life, they are. So we sit down. They both come up with these incredibly thoughtful gifts. And my one friend, Corrine, said, okay, this is not about the gift it's about the message that goes along with the gift. And she had this beautiful explanation, and it was about faith, and it was about believing. And my other friend, Lisa, takes out this beautiful ornament, thoughtful, with a picture of the three of us. And on the ornament, it said, blessed. And she was like, yes, it's about the message. So I said to them, ladies, okay, my gift, it's it's not about the message. Like, it's really not about the message. It's a reflection of my mind right now and the fact that I just love you and feel I can do this. I got them Brazilian bum bum cream. That's what I got them. So they get me these beautiful, thoughtful, faith-filled gifts, and I get them like ass cream. I, I couldn't like, okay, so that's me, and that's that's where I am right now in terms of my gift-giving ability. But all of that, all of that is to say, I mean, maybe it's not the thought that counts, but it's the effort. It's the fact that we've we've tried in this season, and I – especially on Christmas morning when many of you wake up and your kids may be disappointed or your spouse might be disappointed, you might be disappointed, try and think of the effort um, or at least the intention behind it. And maybe even try try to think of all the positive qualities about your relationship with that person. I recently sent out my newsletter on Friday and in it, there's a link to a little video that I did years ago which with my husband and he was such a good sport about doing it. And I hope, because he listened to all my podcast and I know it's still a little sensitive, but I hope he realizes the point of the video was to say, the problem was with me. It was me responding to things and how I had to do the work in that to change my perspective and my attitude. And really, like I said, choose my focus. And that's that's kind of the message today. In order to choose joy, we also have to choose our focus. The quote that I led with on my newsletter was something that stood out to me that I believe to be so true. It's The quote was, the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. And that is from Russell Nelson. But how true is that? It is what we choose to focus on. Because in every situation, there are blessings, there are benefits, and there are challenges. And I would say that that's true for every relationship too, for every personality trait. With that personality trait, there are 
benefits and challenges to that trait. And what I mean by that is that, you know, for me, I, I have been given a gift of speaking of words. I can use my words to really encourage people. That's a gift that God has given me. But I also can cut people off at the knees if I'm upset because my words can be used in that way too. So sometimes we have to choose which side we focus on and also how to use the gifts we've been given for good. This year, I have felt very behind on Christmas. And I think part of it is because I have been actively trying to choose joy in many different seasons and situations. And also, I've let go of things. I've been intentionally trying to simplify. But there is this fight between feeling behind. I keep going back to that saying, be present over perfect, be present over perfect. And I really have tried to make time for conversations with my kids and meeting up with friends for a walk in this season. Things that I know will help me to choose joy, things that bring joy. But as a result, when you do that, you have to let things go. And if those of you who are um, Enneagram 1, type A personalities, perfectionists, this is really, really hard. I, this year, struggled with, do I send cards or not? I've sent Christmas cards every year. I so admire the people who are like, nope, not doing cards, because it does free up a lot of time and resources when you don't. But I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. But I'm not going to be so perfectionistic about it and spend the time I normally do. So I got my kids in an assembly and I'm like, stamp the cards, stamp the cards. So some cards came back because they didn't have stamps. Some cards, you know, we have those self-inking stamps for the um, return address. And I was looking at them as I was sending them out. Some were like stamped three times on the back because that's what happens when you have a 10-year-old do it. And you couldn't read the return address. I was like, okay, well, if we don't get it back, that's one less that I have to send out again. And the funny thing was a good friend of mine out in Ohio wrote me and said, thank you for making me feel normal. And she took a screenshot of the back of my envelope, which had a very blurred out, triple stamped return address. And she said, you know, I didn't, I went to the post office too late. They didn't have Christmas stamps. And they gave me like the regular when they put it through the machine and just stamped the Christmas card. And I felt bad for it about it for a second. But then I got your Christmas card and I felt a lot better. And I said, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I was like, and this is a um, a physician mom with two young kids. I go, we ain't got time for good stamps. We, we just don't. So let it go. I'm so glad that I can help you feel more normal about your situation because mine was so much uglier. Um, but those things, in order to be present over perfect, we have to let some of those things go. I'm sending gifts late. Again, it's the thought, it's the intention that counts. But what was I doing with that time? Was I nourishing myself? Was I investing in my relationships or my kids? Um, meaningful things that make it worth it to maybe give a little on the other end and let go of some of that perfection. I have spent time in the morning reading the story of Christmas. And this story is all about choosing joy in difficult circumstances. And I read this every year. Every year I get something different out of it. Um, recently I was listening to Priscilla Shirer. I always say her name wrong. And she's just an amazing speaker and preacher. And she said something about studying the Bible and the Word 
that I haven't heard in years. And I actually used to do this in my 20s because I used to listen to Tim Keller, who passed away this this past year, an amazing, amazing preacher. I actually used to go to his church in New York, Redeemer Presbyterian, when I was in college. And he used to say, just read two or three verses at a time and read them over and over again. And what you get out of them in five minutes is going to look very different than what you get out of them in 30 minutes and an hour. Now, I usually don't sit for an hour, but 20 minutes maybe. And I will read three verses, and I did this with the Christmas story this year in Luke, and I read them again, and I read them again, and then I asked God to speak to me through it. And what I saw was some beautiful things. And what I do is I take my journal and I just write down, okay, what am I getting from this? What stands out to me? What what do I feel like is God saying through this? And what is the Holy Spirit speaking to me about these verses? What I've said in the past is when we look at miracles, especially in Scripture, Every miracle started with a seemingly insurmountable obstacle, an obstacle that we can't take care of as humans on our own, that we might not have control over. But that is always the stage in which miracles happen. But there are certain actions that unlock miracles, and that's what we're looking at in this Christmas story. And when we think about our like perfect Christmas and and what it needs to look like, and we have these expectations, I had a coaching client this morning text me, and she said she has her college kid home. Her younger kid is sick, fever, vomiting, a lot of COVID around. We're waiting to find out if some of us have COVID because we just heard that people we have seen over the last week or so tested positive. So we'll see. So far, so good. Pray for us. And... um, She said, I think I have to let go of the expectations of how it should have been and just accept how it is. And I said, that's exactly right. That is choosing joy, letting go of expectations and changing your focus to look at the good that's already there. Now, this is not to say that we don't try. We don't try to improve situations that need improving, improving relationships. But there has to be a balance between the two between improvement and affirmation and actually enjoying the good in what's in front of us. So when I was reading this story in Luke, there were certain things that came to me just about how human these people were, and yet they responded in godly ways, in ways that reveal that they had this amazing faith, which is obviously why God chose them. But when you think about Mary, and her situation. I know I've said this before in the podcast, but it is worth repeating. What we know historically is she was between 13 and 15 years old. I mean, that's a baby. That is the time in which women were betrothed to be married. So you have an angel come to her. And the fact that the angel said, fear not, we know that she was scared. The angel likely saw that and said, fear not. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story about angels. I'm sorry for the distraction, but I was once reading a book about angels because there are many people who believe, I believe myself, that there are angels here on earth. I promise I'll get back to the Christmas story. And what this book talked about was that children see angels very easily, and they've had those experiences in their life. And as I was reading this book, I thought of my daughter, Sophia, who's 12, who's always been very prophetic, who has spoken into my life, has been very spiritually sensitive. And I went to her and I said, Sophia, have you seen an angel before? And she was like, oh, yeah. And apparently it was years before that. 
And I said, really? She never talked about it because for her, it was not frightening. I said, tell me what happened. And she said, I was laying in my bed in my room and I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this really tall, glowy, silvery figure, flowy. And it was an angel. And I said, what did you say? She said, I said, wow. And then I went back to sleep. She was not fearful. She was comforted. But the fact that in this story, the angel said, fear not. Mary was fearful. And many of us feel that way in our situations. When something hits us unexpectedly, when when we're expecting one thing and yet something else happens. I always think about the fact that she was betrothed to be married. That's a happy time. There's weddings. There's celebrations. This is what a woman was literally made for, especially in that culture, to get married, to secure her future and her wealth, because we know that that was a piece of having these marriages to preserve wealth within a family system. And all of a sudden, with this news, all of that was going to change. Essentially, everything that she had expected and wanted for, maybe lived for and hoped for, was now up in the air and questionable. We know because she was with child, and she did not know that Joseph was going to know, that that was a crime punishable by death, usually stoning in that time, if she was found to have had an affair or been unfaithful. And how is she supposed to go to this man and say, "Um, I'm pregnant, and it's God, and I know it sounds crazy, but – and would he understand? Because we also know is – Before marriage, they didn't spend that much time together. They didn't know each other. This was something that was arranged by the families. And then how was he going to respond? Because we know originally he was planning to divorce her. So there was a period of time where Mary thought she'd lost everything, right? She was going to be here, the single woman with a baby. Who knew what was going to happen to her? Would she be in danger because of that? She would probably never marry again. And also left without a husband. Is this what blessed and highly favored looks like? Because it is a mess. But she continued. And this is where I sat with the story. Because those things I've read before. Because we're looking at what unlocks the miracle, what unlocks the blessing. And it's our response to those situations. It's responding in faith. That is really where faith comes into play. That is really where faith begins to grow. And we allow room for God to step in, in our mess, to lead us to the miracle. One thing I noticed about her, certain things I wrote down, she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you say come true. And later on, when she goes to visit Elizabeth, Elizabeth says to her, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would say, would do what he said. This to me was pretty amazing, given her age, given the gravity of her situation, the danger associated with her situation, the stress that must have caused, and also the disappointment. Because after this, there was no wedding. Everything went quiet. At the time she gave birth, she was away from home. This was not what they expected. But yet, she was obedient to what God called her to do. And she believed that God would do what he said he did. There are so many times in our lives, especially in this season, I know this season is so difficult for so many people, that 
we've heard things, we've known things in our spirit about God and what he's going to do with our life and what is ahead for us. But everything in our natural circumstances tells us that's not going to happen. That's not realistic. That's not possible. And what I took away from this story this year, this is after reading it for over three decades, you know, actually over four decades. I'm much older than I think I am is that we cannot limit possibility when it comes to God. Even situations that feel impossible, that feel heavy, where there's no rational, reasonable, logistical way that what we're praying for can happen, can happen. That is what this Christmas is really, truly about. And I just encourage you, to look at that in your situation, what feels impossible, what seems too heavy, what seems too unbearable for you right now. This is what this season is about. It's to remember possibility. It's to remember light that came in to a very dark situation and into a very dark world. Do we not need that message more today than ever? You know, they say that people can't steal your joy. I'm going to tell you they can. People can really steal your joy. Today, the bus driver in back of me who had plenty of space when I changed lanes and who sat on their horn and gave me the finger, he kind of stole my joy. I was like, thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. Actually, that was not my first response. But I did get there. I chose joy. How do you choose joy? How do you choose joy? Well, Again, it's choosing your focus. It's looking at, okay, what's good in my situation? Yes, there are going to be things that are challenging, but what's good? What can I look at today and know that this is a blessing? What's happening in my life right now that someone would do anything for? Someone who's sick, who can't get out of bed. Someone who's lost a loved one. Someone who doesn't have something that I have in this moment or the fact that I'm even alive. Or maybe it's the fact that even in all of this, God is still working something out in my life and walking me through it and with me and has plans for good. We know that in this season. It's choosing those things. I know I've made time, like I said, for walks with my friends in this season because that brings me joy. I think part of it is sitting down with that question and asking yourself, sit down with a notepad. What brings me joy? What brings you joy? For me, it's making a playlist. I made a playlist that was all songs that had to do with joy. I listened to it on my way to the Today Show because those songs uplift me. It's amazing what music can do. We are wired to respond to music. Maybe not all the same music. Not all of you like Mariah like I like her, but we're wired to respond to music and it elevates our spirit. There is an endorphin release in that. Exercise is one of those things. Just meditation and silence and prayer. I talked about that on the Today Show. Go look at that segment if you didn't see it. But know that in unexpected situations, in situations where things don't go the way you planned, where all your expectations were not met, those are the situation that God loves to work in and often surprise us if we choose joy and we choose our faith as well in that moment. I know going down to the Today Show, I had a, um, an unexpected moment we had written the segment, and I was going through the GLAD meditation, which is another gratitude practice. So the G is for gratitude. The L is something that you've learned about yourself or someone else. 
The A is something you've accomplished, and the D is something that brought you delight. And what I'd say is try and pick things within the last 24 to 72 hours that are relevant in those areas, and pick things that you're specific. So not just your house, but what about your house? Not just your health. What about your health? Not just your relationship, but what about your relationship in the last 72 hours has hit you as being meaningful, something specific that you're grateful for. Maybe it's a conversation or a hug or something someone did for you. You get it because that's what triggers dopamine release. So anyway, the plan was to have each of the anchors, and there were supposed to be four there, take one of the letters. And soon before I did the segment, I was told, okay, well, there's actually not going to be four. There's going to be three. And those of you who know me know I, I don't go there just for the segment. I go for the whole experience, meaning the conversations I have with the cameraman and the stage producers and my producer, who I've grown to love very much. I feel like an auntie to him. But um, I feel like God has me there for a lot of reasons. And because of that, um, one, there's a lot of resistance that comes against me before I do those things. But I'm praying a lot, and I'm praying that God uses those moments and that people hear what they need to hear. And I encourage any of you, going into any situation, whether it's a meeting or the school PTA, and you're a person of faith, pray that God uses you in that moment, that give, that he gives you what you need to say. And I just had an idea in that moment, okay, you know what? Um, I'd like to do the gratitude piece. I'd like to take that G. So if you saw the segment, you saw I circled back at the end. And I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to say because that's hard for me to think before, to plan it out. I'm more in the moment, and I also feel like that's how God speaks through me. But I thanked them. And the amazing thing is when I got feedback about this segment after, it was that piece that people commented about. And many people wrote me saying that moment brought them to tears now, for me, when someone is brought to tears, it is not me. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to them, connecting with them. We are just the channels of it. And there was one reader who wrote me, which I hope you're listening, Patricia, because your note to me was so meaningful. And I just want to read you a little of what she said. She said, I just read your bio and saw that you didn't believe in coincidences. If that's true then there is no coincidence that I happened to turn on the third hour of the Today Show, which I've never in my life watched, just when you were speaking about joy and happiness and how you brought me to tears. I love how you explain the difference between the two, but when you circle back to your gratitude for the three anchors being there, their smiles and how their smiles might be the only smiles someone might see that day was one of the most beautiful and empowering reminders ever. And then you went on to say that they may never know that on this side of heaven the impact of the smile has on others. That touched me greatly. Thank you for reminding me how powerful we all are and how we use that power for good. And it really does make a difference. We don't see it, but know how a lifetime of small gestures can have a torrential ripple. Thank you for my Christmas gift. And I wish you and your beautiful family happy holidays. People, I live for those letters. Um, not just for me, because I need the affirmation, but I, of course I do, but also to see how God was there in it. This woman has never watched the show. She happened to turn it on in the moment, and then she blessed me with that letter. And guess what? I sent it to my producers, because 
What you see there in those moments is not just me. It's the work of many people. And they wrote me back and said, it touched them. And one even said, that made me weepy. Do you see that ripple effect when we choose joy, when we choose gratitude, when we can choose to encourage other people? We receive it. This is, this is that season. It is about choosing joy. And I will say choosing faith when it's hard. And when we do, we put ourselves in the position to witness miracles, maybe small ones, but impactful ones, ones that someone may desperately need in that moment. These are miracles indeed. I am wishing you a very joyful Christmas. It may not be what you expect, or maybe it will, but know that you have that power to choose joy in this season. And when you do, get ready. Joy is contagious. You may just choose it for someone else, too. Have a Merry Christmas. I'm sending so much love to you. Be well, live full. And I will be back again in the new year. Thanks for listening today. And if you have a second, go on the Apple Podcast app and rate this podcast. I want to know what you liked and what you didn't like and what you want more of. And connect with me. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media at Nero Feliciano, the incidental therapist on Facebook and Nero Feliciano on Instagram. And you can also connect with me through my website, Nero Feliciano. So until the next time, have a great day, be well and live full.